Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. What's in a name? If you were called George, you'll be interested to know that your name is of Greek derivation and means husbandman, which translates literally to tiller of the soil. As a lance corporal, your rank means acting corporal, derived from lance passade, which stands for a fully trained soldier of a grade superior to private, and which is an indication that you can take charge when the need arises. What's in a name? Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Carmen Miranda, Jimmy Durante, Gary Moore, and Fred Allen, Portland Hoffa, and the complete cast of Allen's Alley. Carmen Miranda was a motion picture star who really had no equals. Her crazy hats and unique Latin style kept her in demand for over 20 years. Here she is on one of the Armed Forces radio service shows in 1943. Jimmy Durante has been a star for more than 50 years, and he's one of the kindest people I've ever known. I believe that Durante's creed written on his heart is proven in Wilson Meisner's famous line, Always be nice to the people on the way going up, because they are always the very same people you meet on the way coming down. Here's Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore on their radio show in 1947. Wait a minute, who gave Lassie a ticket? I don't mind Lassie being here, but she's got the first four rows filled with puppies. But Gary, right after the program tonight, I got a surprise for you. Oh, what is it, Jim? I want you to come over to my house for a wild duck dinner. Oh, I'm crazy about wild duck. Is it going to be a formal dinner? 
I mean, uh, will it be appropriate to wear a black tie? Indeed it will. The duck is dead. <laughs> After I shot five times and missed, it died laughing. Practicing, practicing in your backyard, were you? Are you Josh and Junior? Why, I just got back from a four-day hunting trip through the wilds of Pismo Beach. <laughs> I was really roughing it. I carried a hunting knife, a shotgun, a vacuum cleaner, a raffle baker, a Murphy bed, and a set of hair curlers. Murphy is very fussy about his hair. You were, you were really roughing it, eh? You said it. For three days, I lived on nothing but milk from a Persian cat. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. How do you get milk from a Persian cat? You take away the saucer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Durrani, you should be on the radio. <laughs> But believe me, Junior, I was desperate. Why, if I, if I hadn't a shot a beaver, I'd have starved to death. A beaver? Jim, they're no good for food. Hunters make hats out of beavers. They make hats out of beavers? Why, that's amazing. Well, what's amazing? How do they train them to stop growing at six and seven eighths? <laughs> uh, weak oval team. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry I brought the whole thing up. But the but most, the most amazing, amazing... Wait a minute. That's my line. <laughs> Not only gets the left, he takes my straight line, too. <laughs> Sorry, Jim, what were you saying? I said the most amazing experience of my entire hunting trip occurred on the fourth day. Yeah. I found the loveliest little babbling brook. And in no time at all, there was two salmon frying over an open fire. Just then I heard a footstep behind me and a voice said... Uh, just a minute, bud. Can't you see that sign, no fishing allowed? I wasn't fishing, Mr. Game Warden. No. Then how did those two salmon get into your frying pan? Suicide pact. <laughs> They'll do anything to get away from Del Monte. Well, them salmon are under 14 inches. Throw them back, wise guy. And the next time I catch you pulling them in under 14 inches, I'll give you a salmon. Well, Gary, where did he go? He must have fell in a crack. <laughs> well, Gary, I threw the salmon back and then a strange thing happened. The most beautiful creature I ever saw stepped out of the river, brushing the water out of her long golden tresses and her fig leaves. She turned to me and said, Hello. Where have you been all my life? Wait a minute. How tall are you? Five foot four and a half. Thank goodness. For a minute, I thought I'd have to throw you back. <laughs> You're a man, aren't you? If I'm not, I'm sure fooling my scoutmaster. <laughs> Pardon me for mentioning this, but you need a new dress. That one you got on is worn down to the shoulders. <laughs> I've never seen a man before. Look into my eyes. Deep into my eyes. Which part? The whites or the yolks? <laughs> He's got me under a spell. I'm mad about you. I love your hair. I love your eyes. I love your cute little button nose. Button nose? <laughs> Aren't you making a molehill out of a mountain? Oh, you do like me, don't you? Like you? You're the best thing I ever caught with the bait I got. I want you to love me. What can I do? I'm under a spell. Where did that lovely piano come from? Poetic license. 
which is out of Petrilla's jurisdiction. <laughs> take an L, take an O, then take a V. Take a W, another W, another W. Hi, your spelling is divine. Take a park, a bench beneath the tree. To that L-O-V, then add a knee. Wait, there's more. Take a girl a ring, a little I do. A house in the country for just me and you. And then soon they will be one, two, or three. Little wobblies, little wobblies, little wobblies. Oh, I feel so no cowardish. Ah, what a masterful touch. When you play like that, it's as though you were playing on my heartstrings. I feel as though I want to be kissed. This kid must be suffering from an overdose of sensen. <laughs> oh, you must forgive me if I seem impetuous. No man has ever been in these mountains before. And when you play like that, it does something to me. I can't fight it any longer. Kiss me. <laughs> what? What are you thinking? Somebody has been in these mountains before. <laughs> Take a girl, a ring, a little I do. Oh, yeah. A house in the country, Mr. Moore. Yeah, never mind, me, Snodge. You know, I gotta go out and get myself some new clothes, and I've always admired the way you dress. Well, uh, who's, <laughs> who's your tailor, anyhow? Well, I spread the business around. I wear suits by Sears Roebuck, shoes by Hamaker Schlamacher, and shirts by Van Johnson. Jimmy, you mean, you mean uh, Van Heusen? No, Van Johnson. When they get too tight for his neck, they're mine. <laughs> Good night, Mr. Durante. Good night, Mr. Moore. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mrs. Calabash. Good night. Each time we feature an excerpt from one of the old Fred Allen shows, it serves as a reminder that he was undoubtedly a product of radio. With the voice, unique style, and a wife named Portland, he traveled through Allen's Alley each Sunday night and discussed the events of the day. I say that Yankee pigeon plucker will be here in a minute, kitty. The Fred Allen Show, with Fred's guest, Oscar Levant, Portland Hopper, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, Alan Reed as Falstaff Openshaw, Parker Fenley as Titus Moody, the DeMarco sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And until I start tooting the claghorn, my name is Kenny Delmar. Tonight we bring you a big cheese you can still get for the same price, 30 minutes of your time. And here he is, Fred Allen! Fred, uh, is the new cheese ceiling going to affect you? Oh, yes, Kenny. We had to cut down in our house. This week we had to let two mice go. 
One of the mice had been with us a long time. He was a field mouse, but he developed sinus trouble and had to move indoors, so he came with us. He was like one of the family. As he left the house, the little mouse had tears in his uh, eyes, Kenny, and seemingly he understood. Oh. It's that nice thought, don't you think? Pay a tribute to a departed mouse. I mean, to stop in our daily hustle and bustle, just to say au revoir to a mouse. I think yeah. It is. But why did they raise the price of cheese, Fred? Who knows, Kenny? Cheese is made from milk. Milk comes from the cow. The cow only eats grass. Grass doesn't cost anything. So why the price of cheese should go up, I don't know. Maybe it's the wear and tear on the cow. Well, that could be. The cow is always being victimized, Kenny. You know, even to get a quart of milk, the farmer has to pull something on a cow. <laughs> if the cow could only talk, it would probably say... Mr. Allen! Well, of course. <laughs> well, Portland, pull up an old bent kilowatt and sit down. What is the scuttlebutt this evening? Mama read that you're going on information, please. Mama says with you, it may be the last information, please, of all time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Well, you can tell your mother that I have been on information, please, before. Mama says the last time they had to give away so many sets of encyclopedias that there isn't a moron left in the country. <laughs> Aren't you forgetting yourself? I don't get it. Rejoice in your ignorance, daughter. <laughs> I, uh, I may surprise you on information, please. Do you know much knowledge? Do I know knowledge? Well, I know algebra. Say something in algebra. <laughs> you, <laughs> you wouldn't understand it, Portland. I only speak broken algebra. <laughs> I, uh, I know astronomy, too. Do you know what astronomy is? Astronomy is the science which te treats of the celestial bodies, of their positions, magnitudes, history, and their destiny. Portland. Fool around with me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the fool around with you. Tell the truth. Tell the truth now. You borrowed somebody's mouth to say that sentence. Mr. Einstein doesn't think I'm dumb. You know Albert Einstein. No, Max Einstein. He lives in our house. Oh, Max Einstein. <laughs> I'll end up like the radish that wasn't eaten. The radish that wasn't eaten? You'll be seen, but not heard. <laughs> you called in your own writer for that line. <laughs> but speaking of radishes, that would be a good place to put that mouse line that didn't get anything along. <laughs> the mouse could eat the radish and we'd hear something. Now, speaking of... Speaking of radishes, I think, Portland, I think it's time we join that old bunch down in Allen's Alley. What is your question tonight? Well, this week, the New York Telephone Company celebrated its 50th anniversary. And so our question is, now that it has, that it has been with us for 50 years, what is your reaction to the telephone? Shall we go? As Mrs. Cassidy said to Mr. Cassidy, when someone asked him to buy another bond, let's hop along. <laughs> What a delightful night in Allen's Alley, Portland. I guess the senator's eating again. I just saw some possum claws come flying out the window. <laughs> let's, uh, let's knock. Somebody, I say, somebody banged my door. Yes, I... You uh, know my name, son. I'm Hoosiers. Senator Hoosiers, that is. Flaghorn. Yeah, Flaghorn's <laughs> my name. I was just putting you to the test. <laughs> 
identity, you're in rare form tonight. Hey, I'm rip-roaring, son. I'm on the razzle-dazzle. I'm jollified. You're jollified, eh? Yes, yeah, Well, saw... what, what happened? Saw a ball... I say, I saw a ball game today. Double-header, eh? Hey. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. How could the Yankees lose? The umpire was from the south. How do you know? Well, after the umpire called three bowls on the batter... After three bowls? He called a weevil. <laughs> you must have had a great day. Ah, uh, who did them pigeon-plucking Yankees to a fair the rootin' tootin' well? You mean you... Yeah, I gave old Bill Dickey the bird. You, uh... <laughs> Dickey bird, that's a joke. I know it's a joke. To you. Well, now look. You keep bobbling. Now, let me tell you. Admit it, son. You're just a joghead. <laughs> Pop that is. Now, wait a minute. Don't go too far, Senator. Now, wait a minute. What about this 50th anniversary of the telephone? Telephone was invented by a southerner, Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander Graham Bell was a southerner? Graham is a cracker. Georgia, that is. Oh, <laughs> Tell me, Sam, how does the telephone work in the South? Southern service is the best in the country. You mean? For 50 years, there's only one call in the South that hasn't been answered. What call? I should have had Nelson Eddy come in for that one note. <laughs> well, if Chloe doesn't answer that, she's no longer among the living. Oh, well, let's see if Mr. Moody is still up. Howdy, bub. <laughs> Your arm is in a sling, Mr. Moody. Yeah, I got my hand caught in the milking machine. It must hurt. No, it don't hurt no one. But my fingers is 14 inches long. <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody, what is your comment on the telephone? Why, I can't say too much. I got a small mouth. A small mouth? Yep. I can spit through a keyhole without wetting the key. Say, I'd like to see that sometime. I'll arrange it. Good. <laughs> but what about the telephone? Why, a fellow come around about 40 years ago and sold me a telephone on a party line. I see. Put a big bell under my bed. A bell, hey? Yeah, all night that confounded bell was ringing. Uh-huh. The bell would wake up my dog, he'd start barking. Yeah? Barking would wake up the hens, they'd start clucking. Mm-hmm. Clucking would wake up the cows, they'd start mooing. Yeah? Mooing would wake up my wife, she'd start yapping. Yeah, that <laughs> must have been terrible. Yeah, with the ringing, the barking, the clucking, the mooing, and the yapping, it was bedlam. Well, say, you... <laughs> you must have been a nervous wreck. One night, I couldn't stand it no more. You took action? I jumped out of my sleeping bag. I pulled that ding-a-linging nuisance out by the roots and flung it out into the night. Gosh. That was 40 years ago. And you haven't had a phone since? No. Last week, a fellow come around trying to hoodwink me into putting in another telephone. I see. He opened his tool kit and took out a big bell. Yeah? I flew into a swivet. You... <laughs> <laughs> you told him off, eh? Yeah. I said, get the bell out of here. So long, <laughs> Well, when Titus uses strong language, it sure has muscles in it. Well, let's try this next door. No? Ah, oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. You're expecting maybe Edward Everett Horowitz. <laughs> Tell me, Mrs. Ann, what about this telephone anniversary? 
thanks to the telephone today, I am Mrs. Pierre Nussbaum. Really? When I am a young girl, footloose and fancy, yeah. my maiden... <laughs> My maiden name is Pom-Pom Schwartz. Pom-Pom Schwartz? Also, I'm having one sister, Caress. Caress Schwartz? Yes. She is marrying Skippy Mandelbaum. Skippy, huh? Skippy is doing very well. A pickle salesman specializing in odd lots by appointment. Your sister married, but you couldn't get a boyfriend, huh? No, I am washing my dainties in locks. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, I'm brushing with Pepsi and the teeth. That, uh, that didn't help? I am still poor Miriam. Oh. <laughs> so what about, what about the telephone? One Halloween night, yeah. I'm sitting home alone Bobbing in sour cream for red beets. Yes? The phone is ringing. Uh-huh. I'm saying, hello. Hello. A voice is saying, Cookie, will you marry me? And you? I am saying, positively. <laughs> and the next day I am a bride and yikes away to Niagara Falls. And that is why you say... Thanks to the telephone company, today I am Mrs. Pierre Nussbaum. But why be so grateful to the telephone company? Well, the night Pierre is calling and proposing, yeah. they're giving him a wrong number. Oh. <laughs> well, that brings us to the milkweed covered cottage at the end of the alley. Let's try here. Tam Tivy All and Tally Ho, Falstaff's here, the rhyming schmo. <laughs> The king, the, king, the king of the of uh, the jingle. Have you uh, have you fresh poems tonight? Oh, indubitably. Has heard? Said the little fox. I feel quite gay since I found I'm related to old I.J. No. Or uh, the bartender shouted, "Hooray! Look here! I've got a pen that writes under beer." <laughs> about this. They kept on clinking glasses each time they took a drink, but mother kept on clinking till she wound up in the clink. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> that is the straw that upset the camel's sacroiliac. Tonight, we are discussing the anniversary of the telephone. And you find me prepared. And what is your telephonic tidbit called? The Forgotten Man. How does it go? Sound the trumpets, a chant in tone. It's the anniversary of the telephone. The rabble is cheering Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the phone that has served man so well. Motion picture fans shout in voices screeching. They think the phone was invented by Don Amici. But on this anniversary of the telephone, the man I hail is a mug. He's no statistician or skilled technician. He's the guy who invented the slug. That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. And here's a fact from Uncle Sam's Almanac. United States farms are not only the most highly mechanized, but the most productive in the world, with an annual gross income of billions of dollars. And most United States farmers own their own farms. Does democratic free enterprise pay off? You bet it does. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.